If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheets are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheets bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheets for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 12-12. This is our number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com where you can check out all of the podcasts for the John and Leah show. And about 30 minutes or so after this program is over, one hour from now, you'll be able to hear the uh, the first hour of this show where I uh, admitted I was wrong about the election. Leah Brandon read me a uh, five-minute statement about why I was wrong, and then I defended myself. So you'll want to check that out. Lots to get to in this hour number three. In this hour, Leah, basically what I want to do is I want to go down the names of about 10 or so prominent figures in this crazy election and uh, want to give my thoughts on them, get your thoughts on them as well, and then also some of the institutions that I think – have been greatly impacted by Donald Trump's shocking victory. The first person I want to talk about is Hillary Clinton. Mm. Uh, you know, I have been hesitant to to be fully upfront about my views on Hillary Clinton throughout the campaign because I thought that, you know, I might be misinterpreted as because I was already being attacked as a Hillary supporter, which is just ludicrous based upon my my career and many of the things I've done, including two documentary films in which I've been involved with that one of which I produced myself. The other, I was a writer for a very famous um, anti Hillary documentary. That was the basis for the citizens United Supreme court case, but I've been accused of being a Hillary supporter. I didn't want to, you know, be accused of trying to help her any more than I already was. So I, I, I'm free now because she's dead in the water and it's, and it's all over. And let's face it. What difference at this point does it make? Uh, to, to say what I really think about Hillary Clinton. So I can now admit now that it's over that I think that Hillary Clinton is a wonderful woman. I think she's a bit misunderstood. I think Hillary is very smart. She's very tough. Uh, I think she's also a very nice person. And, and, <laughs> and, and I think I think she's going to go down at a minimum, as a great senator, she was a great wife to a president. And by the way, I think Bill Clinton was a great president. I, I can say that now because the election is over and I, I feel like, OK, no one can attack me for, for being pro-Clinton. Yeah. OK, all those things that you just said, there's no way 
anyone with a few brain cells thinks that. Really? She's not a nice woman. Right, hold on a second. I want to make sure I get this clear. Anyone with a, with a few brain cells, no one with a few brain cells would ever say what I just said about Hillary and Bill Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Are you sure about that? Hillary Clinton. Are you sure that a person with no brain cells or someone, are you sure that no one with any brain cells would ever say what I just said? I know you're going to say, you're going to play Donald Trump again. I think she's a wonderful woman. I think that she's a little bit misunderstood. You know, Hillary's a very smart woman, very tough woman. That's fine. She's also a very nice person. I think she's going to go down at a minimum as a great senator. I think she is a great wife to a president. Uh, And I think... Bill Clinton was a great president. Yes, your point. Let's play all the other so things he said about her. So our, hey! pre- so our president, who said that at a time when he when was did not he say run- that when he was not running for office. That's right. And when he was a Democrat. But by the way, that makes it now we know what Hillary is up to. <laughs> no one Leah, would you, say Leah. that about Hillary Clinton, except, except our next president. Said it when, when he had no agenda. Now, once he's running, he has an agenda after he's already invited her and Bill to his third wedding. I don't think anyone had any had any idea of the depth uh-huh. of their corruption. I see. No, no, this, yeah. this election yeah. brought it out to mm-hmm. a scope that none of us really? could have foreseen. But can we please... Stop the Trump bashing, hour number three. And can we please no, go no. forward onto no. what this means against other people? No, no. Well, I'm trying to interpret what the Trump presidency is going to be oh like. Oh, God. <laughs> God, please. I, I, know, I know it's in, it's troubling, Leah, to, no, to, it's to look just, at we, who he really is. You I get just, that. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, Ziggler, mm-hmm. for one night... I'm trying to figure out. Can you stop with the sarcasm and playing the same things over and over and over and over? I've never played that before ever. I never played that during once during the whole campaign. Never once did I play that, which was clear from the fact that you'd never heard it. So I don't know. Oh, no. I've heard it. Everyone's heard it over and over and over. Not that clip. You you, you obviously had never heard that clip before, which is, Uh, I'm not blaming you. I just said the Donald Trump before you played the clip. Um, okay, Leah. What, what, whatever. Okay, next. <laughs> Who else can bash Trump? Who's next on our list? Or can we show how stupid Trump is and, uh, coincidentally, how stupid Trump's voters are? Let's go. Leah, um, you, so you don't think it's relevant that the pre- next president of the United States feels that way about the person he just defeated back in a time before he would have had his thoughts influenced by a presidential campaign where his incentive was completely different. I think his thoughts were influenced by crooked, crooked, crooked Hillary. I think America's America was influenced by crooked Hillary. America had no idea how bad Hillary Clinton was. She has been exposed over the past two years. Okay. And that's why he won. She blew it. She lost. She was a terrible candidate. 
he ended up with fewer votes than Mitt Romney. He ended up with he ended up with fewer enough. votes than Hillary Clinton. He ended up with enough, and right, there are but, less Republicans than there are Democrats. No, but so there's thank uh, goodness he ended up with enough to okay. beat crooked Hillary. Well, anybody would have beaten her. Anybody. I mean, except for him, you didn't think he would. No, you're he right. Told us two, I, for I, two years. I was there's no way. And I was wrong about that. But you know what? Um, the reality guess is, guess what? He did win. Right, and. And let's hope. I mean, let, can we move past the he didn't get enough votes? Can we move past that? He um, won. Leah, I'm, <laughs> we're we're a few days removed from something that happens once every four years. Trying to interpret what actually did transpire, I think, has value, even I if think it makes you're you trying uncomfortable. To make people, I don't. Ca- I couldn't you, care less what people's reaction is. Couldn't care. You are less. still trying. I can't <laughs> believe it. Less. You're still trying in your mind mm-hmm. to somehow convince yourself and hold on mm-hmm. to some fact. I was right. I was right. Uh, Leah, I was right. I realize that facts. That's what it sounds are, like you're uh, trying to do. I couldn't care less what you think. I couldn't care less what the audience thinks. I do this show for free once a week, giving my thoughts and opinions based upon what I think's going on and what happened. I, I couldn't care less. All right. What anybody Who's else next thinks. on the list where we can make Donald Trump look stupid? Let's go. <laughs> Who's next? I only wish we had Rosie. Where's Rosie? Because he probably said something nice about Rosie at some point. No. And if Leah. we can only play that. The next person on the list I wanted to talk about was James Comey's influence on all this because there's been remarkably, and, and both of us were wrong about this, Leah. I don't know if you'll acknowledge this, but both of us, you had said, Two weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, but you had said, and I agreed with you. A bombshell. That, w- that one of the things, well, no, if you let me finish, that one of the problems, should Trump win, was going to be that it, his victory was going to be deemed to be illegitimate because of what James Comey had done two weekends before the election with the first letter uh, which we still don't know for sure how much that influenced things, but I think there's a strong argument made that it did influence things. It's impossible to know if it was decisive or not, but it certainly did not in any way, shape, or form hurt Donald Trump's chances. But Clinton he, is blaming that right now, she and I is. think that's going to become a big... Uh, but it has not, the media, again, to the point where I don't think that the news media is... News media does not like Hillary Clinton, in, in by and large, and they... I disagree with the notion that they did everything they could to beat Donald Trump. They, they've, I don't think that they have emphasized nearly as much as they did with Al Gore and George Bush, the popular vote, electoral college uh, disparity. But they also have talk, talked hardly at all about the James Comey letter, which both you and I thought would be a major part of the narrative if Trump won. Would you acknowledge that that has been a surprise that the Comey letter has not been a major part of the media narrative? I'm I'm not sure what media you're talking about. Well, which media? Which I've not seen hardly anything on okay, James Comey's letter. Uh, Fox, Fox, it, it, Fox News uh, today. I watched a lot of Fox News, and boy, is it the mantra from the left, especially. But, you know how they always have a panel. That's what the left is blaming. Uh, that's what I saw all over social media. Well, that's what Hillary Clinton's Hil- people are now starting well, to say. Hillary had a, a uh, conference call yesterday where she effectively blamed the Comey letter 
Um, and so it has gotten a little bit of, of news because of that. But it was not hardly at all talked about late Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday. And frankly, I think you can make a very strong argument that that's part of why, especially in Wisconsin and Michigan, her voters didn't turn out. And I think the second Comey letter was actually harmful to her. Because it did her no good, it re-raised the issue, and it got some people complacent that, oh, okay, she's back up in the polls. The Comey letter's now giving her a a clean bill of health, and Trump's not going to win here. I don't need to bother if I don't get to the polls. And her vote totals in specifically Michigan and Wisconsin were pathetic, especially in comparison to what the polls indicated that they would. So to me, and look, it doesn't matter to me that that her excuse doesn't get bought, but I think it's a fairly legitimate excuse. You don't think that the Comey letter had a, had a major impact? Um, I don't know. It, it might have, okay. I mean, it would have, if I was voting for, but then again, the events that led up to the Comey letter would have more of an impact on me. But you're a far more educated. WikiLeaks. You're a far more educated voter. Yeah, but WikiLeaks was everywhere. Okay. Social media, it was yeah. everywhere. Well, social media doesn't look. You're, hey, you're, social you're, media, do not discount it. I'm not discounting because social, social media, media yeah. is the wrench. I think uh-huh. for uh, a lot of conspiracy theories that, that helped sunk Trump. I understand. Her. No, WikiLeaks. <laughs> Well, look, that sunk her. Stop okay. with the conspiracy theories every time I try to make a point. Uh, that is insulting. Leah, the let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the Rince Priebus and Steve Bannon battle for power in the White House on the John and Leah show. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Before we get back to our list of uh, people I want to react to in light of uh, Donald Trump's big victory, just one quick note on social media, because I don't think you, you really understand where I'm coming from there. I'm not accusing you of being a conspiracy person. However, uh, you know there was a, a very interesting development in the last a week or so of the campaign where there was a story on a website that no one's ever heard of, I think called conservative news that allegedly had a story where uh, Hillary Clinton had effectively endorsed Donald Trump as a great potential president back in 2013 story was totally fake. Completely. I never saw, I never saw that. Okay. I'm just using this as an example, completely fake, totally made up. The story on Facebook had enormous traffic. In fact, it had three times as many views and likes, maybe more than that, than the New York Times expose on Donald Trump's taxes and whether or not he had used highly dubious tactics to get out of paying federal income tax. The New York Times, that right there shows you, and I'm no fan of the New York Times, I despise the New York Times. Yeah, but, because, but, I mean, their journalism okay. has gone around the bend, too. I, I got it, but the point— You can't but, trust anybody. But I understand that, Leah, but the, the reality is that there were a lot of stories that were just flat-out false that got well, a lot we've, more we've talked play, about it. Lot Fake more pl- WikiLeaks. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
that being said, so big decision was made today by Donald Trump, and it was done in a fascinating fashion. I don't know how much you saw about this, but the big the big question was who's going to be the chief of staff? And normally chief of staff decisions for a president, eh, inside baseball, who cares? With Trump, I think this was huge because he chose between the head of the GOP, Rince Priebus, and the head of Breitbart, Steve Bannon, who Thank could God. who could not be more different, the two of them. And he chose Priebus to be his chief of staff, but Bannon to be his chief strategist. And he actually announced, I think on purpose, Bannon's appointment first as if it was the bigger deal. I'm very curious what Leah Brandon makes of this, and I'll give you my thoughts, and then I want to talk about Chris Christie and Sarah Palin and Scott Walker and Mark Rubio, Joe Biden, Billy Bush, and a whole lot more when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. John and Leah show. My name is John Zickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. At freespeechbroadcasting.com, you can check out my latest columns for Mediate, several about the election of Donald Trump as the next president of the United States and the reaction to it, specifically a lot about the media coverage. It's a lot about, about what the website Mediate is about, so check that out. If you're so inclined, at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now, a big decision was made today uh, by uh, Donald Trump, Leah Brandon, and it, it dealt with who his closest advisor was going to be. Chief of staff is incredibly important under normal circumstances. I would say it's exponentially more so with Donald Trump because of the nature of his personality, because the, the chief of staff dictates who gets to see the president, when they do, under what conditions, what information he gets. And anyone who's ever seen The Celebrity Apprentice knows that that has an enormous influence on the way Donald Trump thinks and the decisions that he comes to. And it basically came down to Rince Priebus, who leads and heads the Republican Party, and Steve Bannon, who is the CEO of Breitbart.com. And he went with Priebus, which, by the way... (laughs) Thank God. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. Of the two. Of the two, Priebus was obviously the better choice. However, Leah, and I, I mean this in all curiosity and sincerity, for someone who ran on cleaning up the swamp and going against the establishment, you're not at all uncomfortable with the fact that the head of the Republican National Committee is is now his chief of staff? No, not at all. I, and I would have been um, probably six months ago. Okay. I really would have been because I didn't like Ryan's Priebus. Okay. I didn't like him at all. Uh, I thought he was spineless. I thought he was ruining the party. I had a a lot of really bad feelings towards him. However, Ryan's Priebus has shown himself, I believe, through the utter (laughs) trying to destroy Donald Trump from the GOP with people... I'm talking only GOP, bashing him, unendorsing him, including our own governor here in Alabama, and 
uh, Martha Roby and many other high profile GOP people like Paul Ryan. He stood beside him. He stood behind him. He spoke for him. He never he he's he was he's been there. He's like the this is the guy they chose. And I never saw him. I never saw him waver. I didn't know he had it in him. Uh, and I think he did okay because right. he he could have easily rolled on him, That's... and I expected him to. Well, <laughs> boy, did I. <laughs> well, look, I think what you just said there has a lot of merit. I, I also think it has merit that a guy who runs anti-establishment campaign and let's drain the swamp, and his chief of staff is the head of the Republican Party. I think that, that raises some questions. Yeah, uh, but he went against the GOP. No, but so. he, no, no, no. See, actually, it's not. In, in my opinion, that's not what he did. I think. Previous found himself in an impossible situation, and he realized that the only way to thread this needle was to back Trump to the hilt, because, and it worked, because you needed Trump to stay in the game to save the House and the Senate. Because if Trump collapsed and his people didn't show up, the Republican Party was toast. So Priebus does deserve a lot of credit for that, but I think it was done for that motivation. Now, Steve, so, but here's the thing. Steve Bannon did not get the chief of staff job. He did get his own position, basically, chief strategist. And yeah, they're gonna put him in a room, tell him to shut up. Is that what you think? <laughs> I I don't know, but that's what you uh, do. Well, when look, I hear, you know, he, I, I he hear did what you're a saying. lot. He did a lot to help Donald Trump, and I think Donald Trump rewards loyalty. Sure, I know. It's one of his um, best qualities, by the way. I, I like that about Donald Trump. He I, and I, I, I so I'm I have no problem with that. But look, I would I like, know that's what they do here in Alabama. All right. Well, here's there's there's a lot of people who agree with what you're saying, and I have to say that um, the way that the statement was released feels to me like it was a way to soothe Steve Bannon's ego because he actually got top billing over Priebus, which is weird since Chief of Staff is considered to be the position. And so it is consistent with a situation where Bannon has not been, he's not been uh, put where Chris Christie is. Chris Christie apparently is <laughs> in, in Siberia, which we'll get to in a, in, a minute, in a minute, but he has been somewhat isolated, maybe, maybe. We don't know. We don't know yet. We, we don't know. There's also another way to look at it. And this, again, I'm honestly trying to give Donald Trump benefits of the doubt, and I want him to succeed. There could be a brilliance here. There, there could be a brilliance in making Priebus chief of staff, making Bannon chief strategist. You, you play up Bannon's role. You, you make sure that the base, you know, the Breitbart alt-right, anti-illegal immigration, anti-globalism people feel like they got a voice, right? You know, they're going to be right next to his right ear, and Priebus will be in his left ear or vice versa. And Bannon and Priebus couldn't be more different. I mean, but let's face it, Bannon is appealing to Trump's genitals, for lack of a better term. I mean, not literally, but you know, figuratively, it's more the genitals, the, the more the that's driving the Bannon uh, sect of this whole thing. And Priebus is is trying to appeal more to Trump's brain. Like, here's how we navigate this whole thing. Here's how we get done what you want to get done, and and let's make the trains run on time. Those are two very different things. What my my guess here is that Priebus 
if things go well at the start, and I got to tell you, Leah, I have in my lifetime, there has never been a presidency, even close, that will be more dependent on how things go at the start. If this goes well off the bat, I think Trump has a hell of a shot at being reelected and being considered to be a success in his first term. Second term, I'm more hesitant about, but that's a long way off. But I think if things go well at the start, it's going to success will breed success. Momentum will build momentum. It's magic. Why would you ever doubt? With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. Okay. So magic. If it goes, however, if it goes the other direction, it could be complete catastrophe. And that's why I think the previous play first is the right play. You go conventional, see if that works well. If things start going badly, Steve Bannon is up in the bullpen warming up. Yes. <laughs> and Bannon will be brought in immediately. That gets some major stuff happening here. Right, exactly. So so he has Bannon as the fallback. And, you know, I don't know Bannon well. I had a very interesting dinner with him one-on-one at a, I think it was a Denny's in 2009. Oh uh, and I was so unimpressed with the guy. I have limited recollection of what we even, I know what we discussed because I had just done the Sarah Palin, you know, Barack Obama media malpractice documentary about the 2008 election. And in retrospect, I now know, much like in retrospect, I now know what Trump was doing in our very short conversation and about Pennsylvania. I now know what Bannon was doing. Bannon was pretending to be the buddy buddy with me. What he was actually doing was trying to, to find a way to get into Sarah Palin's figurative pants. And and he did that. Uh, and and I and you know what? I guarantee you, and we're gonna talk about Palin in a minute, but I guarantee you his original thought was making Sarah Palin president back in two thousand nine until she completely destroyed herself. Um, and then he replaced her with Donald Trump, and he did, you know, by all accounts, he was a big part of the strategy, especially in the final weeks, that ended up winning this thing. But he would make a horrible chief of staff. I know people at Breitbart that would wholeheartedly agree with me, and it's, I think it's, I think tomorrow the stock market will approve of Priebus getting the job. Now, I mentioned Christie and Sarah Palin. They're actually in similar boats here. Because both of them sold their souls, what was left of their souls, to Donald Trump to be the first on the Trump train. It now appears as if Christie is on the outs completely. He went. Yeah. It, it went from he was leading the transition team to yeah. now there were. He's there, the assistant leader of the transition team. Yeah, that's officially, but unofficially, there was a quote from Trump. Now, who knows? You know, it's the media, so you never know for sure. But it seemed legit. It appeared as if there was a, a statement, a, a quote from Trump himself saying that he's disgusted with Chris Christie uh, over Bridgegate and what have you and wants nothing to do with him right now. So, yeah. so, so if that's true, it's quite possible Chris Christie is going to end up empty handed in all of this. Well, you know what? It's his fault anyway. <laughs> Because the whole thing, because if he hadn't insulted Marco Rubio like he did on stage at the primary during a debate, Marco Rubio would be president. That's true. But that actually goes to why Trump should like him, because without Chris Christie, I I, know because he's got the ick on him. Oh, really? He's got ick on him now. Mm. Oh, yeah. With this Bridgegate, which, by the way, I don't think is fair at all. Uh, if this was a Democrat, 
I mean, they use these underhanded tricks all the time to put pressure on people. But, you know, since it's a Republican, it went straight to court. Um, Well, I think it's unfair, but he's got the ick. He's got to be jettisoned. All right. Well, he appears to have been jettisoned. And Sarah Palin, who was the first real big name to endorse Donald Trump before the Iowa caucus, and by the way, did so against Virtually all of her major principles. I mean, here she is, Miss Pro-Life, and yeah. she's got a disabled child, and she endorses the guy who referred to himself as very pro-choice, pro-partial birth abortion, and who mocked a disabled New York Times reporter in public, not to mention the fact that you know he's, I believe, liberal on a whole series of other issues. It seems as if she, as I predicted, and I I did predict this when it happened, that as soon as he didn't need her anymore, she was done. She didn't even get a speaking spot at the convention. She got a ticket to the third debate so that she could shill for him afterwards. And she, there's been no talk. Now, maybe there'll be a surprise. Maybe she'll get an appointment somewhere within the administration. But there I has- hope not, because she's become a joke. And the last thing he needs is... People uh, that are complete jokes around him now. He needs the Jeff Sessions. He needs the Governor Mike Pence. He's not stupid. He realizes it. The Bannon thing, eh, keep him in the back room. <laughs> well, I think Bannon will have more influence than even off the off the bat that you're giving, than you're giving him credit for. But he is a scary, scary dude who is a real uh, zealot on this alt-right thing, and he has a horrendous background. And the fact that the Hillary people did not make anything of his involvement in the campaign is one of their biggest mistakes because I think they could have used Trump bragging about, I hire all the best people, uh, and they never did. They never went down that path. That was one of their biggest mistakes because with Bannon and Dave Bossy, who I also know, I used to work for Dave Bossy. He ended up being the deputy campaign manager. These are scum of the earth people, and the Hillary people were too stupid to make anything out of it. Anyway, it appears as if Sarah Palin is going to be left out in the cold, literally, in Alaska uh, because there's been no indication at all. There was a little rumor I saw that uh, that she would be considered, but then nothing else. It was almost like it was a trial balloon or maybe just a a, a cursory, uh, hey, uh, we considered you and now we're going another direction. But as of right now, it appears as if Christie and Palin are on the outs. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with some other major figures, including what must Billy Bush be thinking at this time? After He's after- going to get uh, professor of entertainment. <laughs> Well, final segment. Entertainment czar. Final segment coming up next. Final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. In about 30 minutes or so, the podcast for this program will be accessible via SoundCloud and iTunes at freespeechbroadcasting.com. A couple of other figures I want to get to real quick in our final moments, Leah. But before we do that, very quickly, I wanted to get your take, speaking of Chris Christie, who at the Republican convention famously got the crowd chanting, lock her up, lock her up to the um, very clear indications from Donald Trump, including on 60 Minutes tonight, that you remember that debate, presidential debate promise, where he said he was going to appoint a federal prosecutor to put her in jail, Hillary Clinton I'm referring to. Yeah, 
even though that was on national television in front of 80 million people, and yeah, even though she's the most corrupt person ever and uh, committed all these crimes, he's not going to do that. There'll be no uh, federal prosecutor. She's not going to be prosecuted. You believe that she is horrendously criminally corrupt. What, she is. So how do you feel about that? Well, I think Barack Obama's going to take care of it before. No, he's not. You want to bet? On, you want to bet on that one? You don't think he's going to pardon her no. from any? No. Uh, no. I think he will. You want to bet on that? Yeah. Okay, we'll figure out what we're betting. But we, we you, you, you won the last. Yeah, thing. he's pardoning people and letting criminals uh, go left and right, including some in Alabama. <laughs> okay. I don't think he'll have any problem. He's not going to. He's not going <laughs> to. He's not going to pardon Hillary. And Trump was completely lying to you when he said he was going to appoint a federal prosecutor. But it got his supporters all jazzed up, so it, it fulfilled that particular purpose for him. Now, Scott Walker and Marco Rubio are interesting characters to me for a number of reasons in our final moments. I already mentioned that I think Marco Rubio helped Trump win Florida because of his coattails. Rubio outperformed Trump in every demographic, and I think he helped Trump with some of the Hispanic Latino votes, specifically the Cuban vote there. Interestingly, Scott Walker clearly helped Trump in Wisconsin. No one saw Wisconsin coming. And from a personal standpoint, Leah... How could Scott Walker help him? He's the governor of the state of Wisconsin. He, I didn't know that he was out campaigning Yes, for he him. absolutely endorsed. He endorsed Trump uh, much more strongly than I would have liked. He stuck by him during Billy Bushgate. Uh, he did a couple of things that the liberals are very pissed off about, about uh, who was uh, eligible to vote in Wisconsin. Uh, clearly, I mean, when you have a Republican governor there and Trump pulls an upset, you got to at least give some credit to Scott Walker uh, and, I didn't see him do one thing. That's well, just go ahead and Google Scott Walker uh, and and Trump, and you'll you'll see that he was he was supportive. He did not do a John Kasich in any way, shape, or form. Okay, now, but more importantly than that, what 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 is frustrating to me personally is at the very beginning of this whole fiasco, uh, a year and a half ago, maybe even longer than that, my. Hope was that Walker would be the presidential nominee. Rubio would be the vice presidential nominee. And the reason for that was the path to 270 electoral college votes was much simpler for them than for anybody else. And it was through winning Florida, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Iowa. That right there got you a victory with the Republican Congress. Well, sure enough, even Trump wins Wisconsin. Even Trump wins Iowa, so clearly Walker would have won Wisconsin and Iowa. Trump and Rubio both win Florida, so that would have been the case. And Trump crushes Hillary in Ohio. So the the Walker-Rubio ticket would have won at least as easily as Trump, and we would have no worries about what the heck is going to be behind door number two right now. So not that that is frustrating to he me. He didn't resonate. He just I didn't know, I, resonate. I get it because we now live in a world where you got to be jazzy and a celebrity and the media has to love you and you have to move the ratings needle to have any chance to win the nomination. And by the way, that's forever now and that's going to be that's going to be a very corrosive it's going to have a very corrosive impact on our politics forever. It's one of the many prices we're going to pay for all this. But look, we're no, we're running out of time. I want to mention Billy Bush. How amazing is it that Billy Bush gets fired from the third hour as a host of the Today Show for the same episode? Which is nothing, by the way. 
Okay, but he got fired from his job over an episode which didn't even prevent Donald Trump from being president. I mean, can you imagine if you had been told when the Billy Bush Access Hollywood tape came out, Bush's career will be in jeopardy, he'll be fired, and Donald Trump will be president. Would anybody have taken that bet when that tape came out? Anybody? Look, the tape didn't bother me at all. It just didn't. But because I have different things on my mind. But I think that Billy Bush was, well, it's obvious. He was railroaded. Oh, he got fired for doing his job too well. Yes, he was railroaded. Since we probably won't have opportunity to talk about that tape anymore. And we Give will, him an appointment. But but um and and so and we will have the opportunity to talk about some of these other entities I had intended to get to in the final minutes. Let me just say one last thing about that tape. The Democrats re- and the media really blew it in what to emphasize on that tape. Yes, the p word was salacious and horrible, and it and the sexual assault thing was relevant. The part that they should have, if they wanted to beat Donald Trump, they should have emphasized what he said just before. Grab him by the P word. He said, when you're a star, they let you do anything. Yeah, but- that, that's the, that is what could have been used to separate him from his core support to make him look as if someone who feels as if he is better and above anybody else. And I think if done properly, that could have severed him nope. from the people who ended up electing him president. The, nope. Well, you look, Leah. You're, <laughs> nope. You, nothing would have changed it's your mind. It's true. Nothing. When you're nothing, a star, you have a whole no, different set of that rules. Doesn't it matter. It wouldn't if have it's changed true. anybody's mind. Okay. That tape. Nothing on that tape was going to change. Nothing would have changed your my mind. My economic security. Yeah. Nothing. Talk, freespeechbroadcasting.com for the podcast. We'll talk to you next week. My name is John Ziegler. So long, everybody. <laughs> 